This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Well, today I wanted to talk about psychological experiments. Um, I guess I, I don't... I didn't want to get, I was talking to Kevin and I was like, I don't really want to get too dark and, you know, it's December and people are thinking happy things and, you know, rainbows and sunshine and, you know, I, I want things to be uplifting and positive. So I, I like that, but man, it, it turns out governments throughout history, including our own have, or the U S government, if you're somewhere else, but have been a little shady in the past and i kind of want to talk about one how easily people are manipulated and two what our governments are actually willing to do to its people for their own gratification because people are crazy or whatever it is and you know i'll, I'll try and avoid the uh the darkest aspects of it just know that their governments throughout history have been pretty willing to be pretty dark. Kevin, you have some uh, disturbing stories. Some like what is our government really willing to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you got to keep up with the Joneses. You know, that was the the main thing during the Cold War. There's a lot of like weird stuff that was coming out, and uh, you know the the precursors to the CIA started some some projects 
that were a little bit a uh, little bit out there because because they thought the Soviets were doing it. It turns out the Soviets weren't really doing it, but you know they had to they had to get ahead. Well, so don't worry, the Japanese were doing it. I'll I'll, I'll help you yeah. out with that one in a minute. But so they so they you got they basically were they had a bunch of uh, prisoner of, of war during uh, prisoners of war during like the Korea. Um, Vietnam during, you know, where they thought they were brainwashed, right? They'd been, you know, basically tortured and said, you have to say this stuff on camera. And they said that stuff on, that's really how you brainwash somebody is you torture them until they, they do what you tell until them. Until they believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the CIA started doing some like weird stuff. And I, I know we've all talked, we've all heard about, uh, MK ultra and, and all the weird, uh, experiments they did with, uh, LSD and, and different stuff. Um, the CIA backed a Harvard study run by Henry uh, Murray. Um, basically, what they did was they took uh, they took uh, Harvard students and they um, <clears throat> they had like a three year running uh, study where they did like mock interrogations, um, blinding spotlights in, in people's faces, and uh, like Abu Ghraib, right? Yeah, and- that sort of stuff. Participants. Uh, so they had the participants write essays. That were like basically outlined their view on life. That does sound like torture, right? Well, it sounds awful. But <laughs> it gets worse. What they did was they had guys then take that essay, read it over, you know, like professional interrogators, and then they would ha- <clears throat> have the the person sit in and they'd pick apart their whole worldview and like you know argue argue every little point and tell like you know you can't defend something a hundred percent especially against somebody that has you know spent time building up an argument and has your view in front of them you know you've written it all down and uh just like really fucked up stuff so one of the uh one of the the participants that later became famous was a a 16 year old like a boy genius uh Mm. skipped sixth grade 11th grade went to harvard at 16 promising Um, future promising future he had a he had a he was working on a doctorate in uh mathematics mm-hmm. really brilliant guy his name was uh ted kaczynski oh sure and uh so they ripped his whole worldview apart with this sort of stuff and over time later on turns out he decided to actually make a manifesto mm-hmm. and if you read the unabomber's manifesto it's hard to punch holes in it it's pretty thorough and it's pretty he had to be, you know, and what he predicted right? What he predicted was going to happen actually did happen. Like we're living in the dystopia that he thought was going to happen. So just to bring that up, Ted Kaczynski did just die recently. I think he had cancer. Yep. And you Um, know him as the Unabomber. The Unabomber, right. Right. Another famous guy that was involved in some of these uh, types of experiments. Different experiment altogether. But these I wouldn't were... drive you crazy enough that you would like tattoo a swastika on your forehead or anything, right? Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. So Charlie Manson was also involved in some government-run experimentation. A lot of people don't know this. It's all like just coming to light now. You know, it's not – wasn't previously known. Um, but uh, Manson's parole officer – was a guy named Roger Smith. Uh, strangely enough, his parole officer was also uh, had a doctorate uh, from Berkeley, which is weird. Um, he was part of a federally funded programming, 
program researching LSD and its effect effects on people. Well, you can't. I mean, they did, but you can't always just drug random people with LSD. I mean, they did that also, but it's a lot better if you can do that with people that you have control over, like uh, prisoners and things like that. And you could kind of teach them how to how to manipulate people by manipulating them and giving them LSD. Now, uh, Charlie Manson was in prison a lot. Like he wasn't, he was a bad guy since jump, you know, he was raised in a brothel and he was, you know, he was probably fucked up because his mom was on drugs when she was pregnant. Like he was fucked up when he was born, but it got worse and worse. And they kept letting him out of prison, even though he was breaking his parole because they were trying to see the effects with the LSD. And he's one of the, one of the main subjects. Turns out he also used LSD to manipulate other people. Yes. And uh, yeah, his thing was um, he was trying to start a race war. Uh, his idea was to start a race war between black people and white people. And then when the black people all killed off the white people, he could like become their king, you know, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. his main goal. Obviously, he was out of his fucking mind. Well, there yeah. was that. Yeah, but um, they they said that that uh, that the Charlie Manson murders ended like the hippie movement. Because it was the hippies that gave him all these crazy ideas, but not not the CIA, not the government, you know? People get Yeah. I mean, it's easy to blame blame stuff on uh, you know, on the hippies and the weirdos and the freaks and the anti, you know, war losers and things like that when really you're the asshole that did it, but whatever. So I mean the CIA's been fucking with people for a long time and creating monsters, really, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you had touched on earlier about how, you know, it was kind of a a race to who could be the most like disturbing or whatever. And like you said, maybe not everybody was actually participating in the race, but um, so the Japanese in 1925 were like, they had a guy who was the, actually he was the, uh, what what is the the not the attorney general? What's the medical one? The uh, surgeon uh, general. Surgeon general. Yeah, he was like a surgeon general of Japan, um, and he was like, "Hey, you know, biological and psychological warfare is going to kind of be the future, mm-hmm. and we need to get ahead of this because they had just had World War Two and the Geneva Convention thing, uh, where they said, "Hey." Try not to use mustard gas on people. That's bad. Right. And they were like, this is going to be a thing. They're saying no, but we're all in, right? So they came up with something called Unit 731. Now, it mm-hmm. turns out the Japanese loved to screw with the Chinese. And yeah, they, they hated the Japanese, the Japanese were actually, at the time, technologically very advanced, which they kind of still are, over the mm-hmm. Chinese. And they would just go in and take over towns and be like, hey, what happens if we release the plague here? You know, maybe let, let's see what happens. And they would throw a bunch of, you know, lice ridden mice that had the plague and and all this stuff. And and oh, look, they all died. And then they'd go in in these creepy suits and be like, oh, you know, look, we can see all the uh, I think I had I didn't put up the pictures. But they, they had some, like, pretty scary-looking stuff. 
but they did all kinds of twisted stuff that I really didn't want to get into, but they did underground tunnels and cells. And they say that somewhere between 3000 and 30,000 people were studied and zero of them came out at the end. Oh, none of them survived. None of them survived. But, you know, I mean, obviously that's a big gap, but that's the thing when you're doing like the secret murder and that kind of thing, you don't really, you know, document it as well. Now, the Nazis, they documented everything. They were like, let's make movies. Let's show what happens. And it's crazy. But I kind of want to shift it down to kind of the lighter side. So that basically sets the stage for governments are willing to do bad things to their people. They're not exactly above reproach. And I think that's why I feel that it really relates to the, the whole prepping podcast and stuff is you kind of, a lot of people like to go through life with the whole, my government's here to take care of me. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You know, that that's kind of the idea, the mindset that a lot of people seem to approach government with. And I feel like that maybe you need to rethink that paradigm. Um, Now this next section, what I'm thinking is I kind of wanted to talk about how easily we are manipulated and how much that, you know, they, they can affect our worldview and our outlook and and that kind of thing. So there's one study that kind of stood out in the 60s called the Blue Eyes, Brown Eyes Experiment. Now, this was actually just a third grade teacher who was like, this is what I want to do. She It wasn't like a big college funded whatever, but it's one of the big studies that in psychology classes they kind of go back to because it, you know, so it doesn't get too dark, right? It's Mm -hmm. third grade. You know, how bad could it be? So basically, I remember third grade. It was awful. (laughs) In the third grade, this teacher was like, hey, look, you know, because it was actually the experiment was done the day after Martin Luther King was shot. Okay. And or assassinated, I guess we can go with. Uh, And she kind of she had a class. It was all white kids. And she wanted to explain to them and, and talk to them about, you know, hey, this is, you know, understand racism and and that kind of thing. And, and how else do you kind of, you know, get there, but human nature, you know? So she says, look, half the kids in the class or a a percentage have blue eyes. And then the other kids, they have brown eyes. And I, as the teacher have blue eyes. So we all know that people with blue eyes are superior to people right. with brown eyes obviously that, even obviously. though they're results of incest you know, that's where blue eyes science, come from whatever science has shown that people with blue eyes are more intelligent so mm-hmm. we all know that and obviously so the people with blue eyes should be the first to go to lunch and if you're gonna want seconds i, I don't I don't think the brown eyed kids get seconds at lunchtime mm-hmm. it's gonna be just the blue eyes kids well and, you know, and, and there would be things like this. They actually, the only the blue eyes kids could use the water fountain, whereas the brown eyed kids had to use paper cups in the back, you know, in the back of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but at first, so th this is the whole point of the study is at first they protested and, you know, but once she started throwing in the science says, and, mm -hmm. you know, and it basically ended up, the kids went right along and they would treat each other like crap and they would do horrible things to each other. And my point is governments kind of seem to be creating that whole class system. They do seem to really put a lot of effort into separating us. And I think like as easily as you see that people are manipulated. And I think governments see that it, it's very easy for the government to see and, and manipulate people. And, you know, it's clear and, and they know about it. Right. So, and we've already seen they're willing to do things, hopefully not on such a large scale, but you know, who knows? Uh, there was another study yeah, called the Milgram experiment. This was back in 1963. And they wanted to test the obedience of authority. Milgram's experiment, 1963. Yale, they wanted to see if you guys were paying attention and if you do what you're told. So they basically, it was three people. It was the guy in charge, right? The experiment runner. And there was an actor who was told that when he walks in, he's going to be the victim. All right. Mm -hmm. This is the actor. Right. He knew ahead of time. He knew what's going what on. He's happening. part of the experiment. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's a guy who's going to be the teacher. Right. Now. And these were actual teachers that they had. Right. And they, they said, look, we need you to, uh, you know, come in and be a part of this study. And they said, look, there's a bunch of pieces of paper written out over on that table. Go pick one up. We'll decide who's going to be the teacher and who's going to be the student. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right. So all the papers actually said teacher on it, but the guy picks it up. Oh, I'm going to be the teacher. Mm -hmm. The other guy picks one up and it says teacher. And he's like, oh, look, I'm going to be the student. So right there, there's some manipulation right. going on. They already know what's up. Right. So anyway, so the guy goes in a second room and he's the, the experiment is that they're going to ask them associ word association questions like um, spaghetti and dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Would go together kind of thing, things like that. And, and they ask them different questions. Now they tell the teacher, look, we're going to see how, what kind of an effect it would have if you shock the person. Right, you might learn faster. If they have that fear, yeah. right, they might go along. Now, the way they, they had it set up, it was going to go up 15 volts every time. Mm -hmm. Like it was going to get Every time you get an answer wrong. Now, they actually, dude, it was going to go up to 450 volts. Mm -hmm. That's pretty significant. I've been nailed to a 480. And it freaking hurts. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's definitely something yeah. To, to wake you up, man. It wakes you up. So they go through it and they start going. And now the, the responses are kind of like pre-recorded. It, like it was, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So they would ask some questions and, you know, and the, as the guy got them wrong, he'd get a shock. Right. And they would actually hear, I, I don't know what a shocking noise sounds like, right. but I think it was like a buzzer. Right. Like you'd hear like a little buzz vibration kind of thing. And then you would hear the guy scream. Mm -hmm. So as the experiment's going on, he's like 
ow, you know, and the guy would like really, you know, react to it. Mm-hmm. And he's getting more dramatic. And he's like, all right, look, I, I just need this to stop. Let me yeah. out. Let me out of here. Experiment's I'm over. I'm done. I'm done. So the, the teachers would start to get uncomfortable and be like, um, all right. And then the guy running the experiment would be like, you know what? Let, let's just keep going. I, I think you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep going. And they would keep going. Well, it turned out that 65% of the people, uh, the teachers got to the maximum 450 volts mm-hmm. and just kept going. And right. the, the guy running the experiment was, uh, was told, you know, you should try and push them at least four more times, mm-hmm. you know, right. Right. So any, anytime the teacher would object, they had, to, they had four responses. The final response is you have to keep doing this. And, and if you backed uh, out then, then the experiment was over. Right. But, as soon as you backed out, it was over. And so they actually, they asked the people, the teachers, you know, at the end, and they're like, you know, how do you, you feel about this? Is this going to mess with you psychologically and, and whatever that you did it. And believe it or not, the answer was to be honest, I am so glad I was a part of this experiment because I realized like how much right I'm willing to do, like how messed up I am, mm-hmm. you know? And, but again, they repeated the experiment over and over again because they couldn't believe the results. And it was consistent between 61 and 65. Yeah, it turns out a lot of people, uh, when an authority tells a, a figure, tells them to do something that they don't feel comfortable doing, well, they'll just do it. Yeah. No, it it's bad. Uh, there was another one, uh, Harlow's Monkeys. Uh, they wanted to prove whether uh, whether we just like our mom or whatever because she gives us food, or do we like her because yeah, even though this one was just like monkeys, it was it felt kind of fucked up. <laughs> it, it was it was fucked up. So basically, what happened is they set up two mother figures. And one was just made out of wire and wood. Yeah, it was shaped like a monkey, but it was just shaped wire like a monkey. And... It was wire and wood. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like nice at all. But it had bottles, and, right? Right. And then the other one was made out of like terry cloth and it was soft and it was whatever, but still not a real monkey, whatever. Mm-hmm. And both could provide milk. And they were trying to prove like, you know, whether you want something nurturing or something not. And the idea would be that, you know, you go into, uh, to who do you go for comfort? And to be honest though, as the experiment went on, whenever they would scare the monkeys or do anything, they would always go to the soft, nice one Mm -hmm. for comfort. And it showed that there's kind of more to your love than, just the, the hand that feeds me. But again, it's the hand that feeds me and gives me softness. Yeah, the wire wood monkey was the only one that had food. The terry cloth one, they took the food away from it. So it would always go to the, the, the wire monkey to get the food, the wire mom, but it would always go when it was scared, it would always go to the softer monkey. And uh, yeah, I mean, it goes to show that like, you know, you can raise somebody in isolation they're going to end up fucked up. You know, you were like, we're uh family oriented animals, you know? So you, 
you kind of have to give your kids a little bit of attention. It turns out you can't just uh, beat the shit out of them and keep them locked in the room all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, the disturbing comments. See, this is the kind of audience that we have that I have to worry about. You know, that's the whole problem. All right, let's talk about um, the Stanford prison experiment for a minute. All right, what happened? All right, so Stanford, uh, 1971, 24 middle-class university students were selected to take part in a simulated jail environment to examine the effects of uh, social setting and social roles in individual psychology and behavior. Uh, basically, they they took twelve of the twenty four students and made them guards randomly. Twelve students um, were the prisoners. Uh, okay, it was supposed to last two weeks. Um, people got people got fucking crazy though, real quick. Things went downhill real fast. And that's what's so weird is how quickly we turn, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah, and become a little more disturbing. Yeah, six six days is all it was la- all it lasted before things uh they had to stop it because I guess they said uh um two thirds that would have been you know nine of the twelve people became like uh sociopaths more or less you know like uh sadists they enjoyed inflicting pain and it you know they were doing things just to be fucked up just to be nasty you know. And it got worse and worse real fast. But, you know, it goes to show, like, all those uh, all those Nazis that said, oh, I was only following orders. I were only, you know, was only doing what I was told to. You're doing really fucked up stuff to people. But somebody told me to do it. So, right. That's kind of, you know, one of the things at the end of the Milgram experiment was they said, look, you know, why did you keep doing it? Well, because you told me to. And the guy who, you know, the experimenter is like, yeah, but you did it. Like you made the choice. Right. And people kind of, you know, had that realization. It's not that they were completely, but they went along with it. Right. And and that's, I think, you know, came to, came to light after the whole Nazi thing. You know, a lot of the guys kind of realized like, yeah, I I did do it. And I, but when you're in that grouping and going along, um, the, uh, the big thing was they uh there was a, a Bobo the doll experiment and mm-hmm. it kind of this this really tracks with what you're saying. And they had just this uh blow up doll that you know kids had as a as a you know as a toy. Right. Uh, it was clown. Like a, a clown, you know, that was just like looked like a big bowling ball and it was air and you'd punch it. Well, so the experiment was they would show the kids a video, like a cartoon kind of thing that they set up that would have people, kids treating Bobo with respect and affection. Mm-hmm. And then they would show them videos of kids just brutal beating it up and, and being insane on it. And they would watch the video a couple of times. And then afterward, you know, they'd put the kids in the room with the doll and mm-hmm. sure enough, the ones that were told to kind of revere it or taught right to taught it, love it and would, take care of it right would love it and take care of it but the ones who were shown the brutality were right away that's normal and that's what we do and it just i i think it just kind of makes so clear how easily we can be manipulated or taught or pushed into something and that's the thing when you have social media 
and you, you know, puts you in this like feedback loop of, well, you go down this dark road a little bit. Well, people who like that, like all this crazy stuff. And then it just escalates and builds like you're, you're a big horror movie fan. Guy, mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. You, what is that supposed to say something bad about me? Like I'm just saying, this was all leading. This was all leading up to that. Yeah, like I'm a nice guy. I'm watching the Hallmark Channel, Mm -hmm. and and you're you know over there watching Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's why Chuck is so kind and affectionate. Yeah, because you guys look at me and you're like Chuck, rainbows and sunshine. Uh huh. Kevin, he's hardcore (laughs) and rage. Yeah, but that kind of goes along with uh, confirmation bias. That's another uh, one of the uh social you know studies sure. that have that have been done and uh you know basically uh cognitive bias confirmation bias it's tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories so basically if you're if you're uh you know republican conservative you're going to you're going to watch fox news and if you're liberal you might watch msnbc but Either way, you're going to take information that you receive and you're going to interpret it to to back up your beliefs. You know, if you're racist and you see a black person doing something awful, you'd be like, oh, that tracks That's that figure. People do. You know, yep. if you're not racist, you might think, oh, that person probably had a fucked up childhood. You know, I right, see right. fucked up white people, too, you know, but sure. you know. You, you, that doesn't stick in your memory the same way. If you're, you know, a racist person, you already have these assumptions, right. right? And you're gonna use things to back it up. But you know, I think that uh, in the United States, the Second Amendment ha- or the First Amendment has has really done a uh, a good job, kind of keeping government manipulation down to a dull roar. Uh, but if you right. go to some other countries, like they have state sponsored media. The media is run by the government, so the government tells you what what information um, you know they want you to know. It doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be anything. It could just be whatever they want you to know. There are buildings in uh, a lot of the buildings in uh, North Korea have radios playing state state sponsored propaganda twenty four hours a day. Like if you're living in one of these things, it's twenty four hours a day. You're listening to you know. The North Koreans uh, pumping you full of information. At a certain point, that's all you know. It's all you understand, and that's the way you view the world. Right. Well, that's actually that. You know, I, I was kind of done with my my studies, but here, but I got one more that kind of tracks with that. Is in 1995, they had a bunch of uh, kids come in, and they got the parents together, and they had the parents tell childhood stories of their kids you know mm-hmm. like you know oh they went to camp and they did this and they had a friend johnny and whatever and they would spend an afternoon with the young people the, the experimenters and they'd say hey remember that time when you went to camp with johnny and you know and oh yeah you rode the boat and whatever and it was great and they'd be like oh yeah and they'd remember all these stories well then they'd slip in some like event that never happened. Right. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, Oh, but remember that one time you went to that wedding and you like knocked over the whole wedding cake and everyone was like, Oh my God. And they were like, no, I I don't remember that. That didn't happen. And they would say, no, you know, no. But then they'd bring them back the next day after they slept on it. Mm -hmm. 
And the next day they'd be like, well, tell me about that wedding cake event again. How did that happen? Oh, well, I remember it was my friend Bobby's parents were getting remarried. Mm-hmm. And when they got at the wedding right. and I went over and I was like dancing by the table and I fell and I knocked over the cake and like they had all kinds of details. Right. And they'd make, yeah, they'd fill in the details for all these right. uh, things. They'd come up and with they would have, stuff, yeah, stuff they like were very told. specific. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, right in. But whereas right away they didn't do it. So, but I guess the point is, is we really are, you know, very easily conditioned or manipulated. You know, it's funny. I actually told my kids, uh, it it was funny kind of right around, it was somewhere around when like Hillary was running around and was like anti-gay marriage and, and Obama was against gay marriage, you know, when they had that election, like right now it's hard to believe, Oh, you know, people were like that, you know, and, and whatever. But I was like, you need to decide what your values are and write them down and why you believe them. And it's okay that you change your mind in the future. You know, yeah, everybody hates the Jews and we put them in camps and it's great and whatever. And then later, you know, you don't just because that's your value now doesn't mean you can't change and go, you know what? Maybe that was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. That That's okay. Right. It's okay to change your mind. Just know what you believe and how you're being manipulated and how things change. And that's all I'm saying. Cause you know, that's, I, I was always, I'm always paranoid and maybe I'm a jerk and a horrible person and history will judge me later. Well, we already know that, right? I mean, I see Kevin, (laughs) Kevin's nodding his head right now going, yep, yep. I I saw that. Mm -hmm. But the idea is we've seen that like, so people are like, oh, well, the whole transgender thing, you know, they're just doing their thing and whatever. And it's none of your business. And, and then, but I'm like, and, you know, you used to get these t-shirts at the colleges. One, one of my college kids has a t-shirt that says, uh, love is love. Mm-hmm. And that used to be like the man, boy, love, uh, or slogan, right? Like that was their thing was like, you can't, you know, deny who you, you know, love. And now there's already hints in some of the more crazy left-leaning parts of the country of, well, you know, people who love kids. I mean, that's how can you deny what's right or wrong? You know, just because it's right for you doesn't mean it's right. And you go down this road until you get so right. And you can get in with from where you people. were. Yeah. And you just, yes. And, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. I do that too. But also, you know, and you get to the point where you're out of your fucking mind and uh, everybody around you is, is agreeing with you and thinks you're the greatest person. You're so progressive. Well, that's, you're so great. And that's because there's some people that are just born gay. Some people are also born wanting to, to fuck kids. So that's not, so there's, there's that. nothing wrong with that. That's okay. You know, but I, Do mean, I need shit to put a gets... disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that maybe if you're you're thinking rainbows and sunshine, this isn't the episode. Yeah, why you. are we doing this podcast today, <sighs> Kevin? Ruining what the Christmas spirit, ruining the Christmas spirit. You know, you're like the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but that's that's kind of the whole thing. Is it's just the whole mindset of people does shift with time. And we're very easily swayed one way or another and into different things. And 
it's really important that you know your values. You know, yeah. people talk about, you know, sticking to your cores, whether that's, you know, religion and reading the Bible or whatever, but your actual beliefs know what you stand for, you know, be firm in your beliefs and what you care about and what you're willing to do. Cause you know, I hate to say it. I mean, the reason I guess that I pushed on with doing this episode was that, you know, so many people are like, well, I would never do these things. So often people are like, look, I would never do these things. I'll never go down that road. And then as society, you know, and events change, we move right into these, you know, different darker places. Yeah. And it's so important that you hold fast to what's right and what's true. And also don't get duped yourself. You know, there's a dangerous road that this country is going. I remember and about, damn, yeah, I remember about 20 years ago uh, in Dallas, they were putting up CC, uh, CCT uh, TV cameras and uh, they were putting them up just like filming public areas. And people yeah. were outraged. Like the police were going to use this as evidence of crimes and things like that. People were outraged. But right. if you don't have anything, to, if you're not committing any crimes, you don't have anything to worry about. That's always the argument, right? And, you know, people That's were very upset. Like we're moving in on 1984. Now, 20 years later, you'd be shocked to be out in public and, and not be recorded by something or someone. You know what I mean? If you go into a gas station, they're recording you. If you go into any kind of store... You're, you're on, you know, you're on camera and they're recording you. If you yeah. go in there, they're, they're using and we're facial like, recognition. Thank God there's cameras here. I feel safer. Yeah. They're using facial recognition in, uh, in, uh, Home Depot's, uh, Lowe's and, uh, Walmart's Walmart to track your shopping history so that they can advertise directly to you more accurately to make you buy more shit. And well, even, uh, it that's gets fine. even crazy. Walmart. Walmart's so slick. And honestly, I, I don't think you should be stealing from stores and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I am not as horribly offended. But if you want to know how how much you're being manipulated and tracked, Walmart is tracking the minor shoplifting so they can connect them all together and with facial recognition mm -hmm. so they can add it up to a felony. Right. And then when you hit the felony level, then they get, then you. they grab you. And then they're like, yep, we got one book them and, and the whole thing. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, uncle whiskey likes shop naked. Yeah, you know, that, we all have our dreams. That makes sense. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say yeah. about that. I was going to say some awful stuff. I'm just going to leave it at that. Evan, yeah. this is the point. You know, people <laughs> listen to this podcast and then their moral, you know, compass goes down and down and down. Right. We're, we're ruining you for, a for sliding, everything. A I, sliding scale. Yeah, luckily I feel that the people up, that... There's problems. <laughs> luckily I feel that the people that listen to this podcast are already fucked up, so it's not, not that we big might of a deal. raising the bar yeah. instead of lowering it. <laughs> That's it. You know, after getting out of the military, I'm like, well, you know, the bar's pretty, you know, pretty low and I'm, I'm raising it up. Right. What are you going to do? How many times have I heard, can you just try one sentence without using the word fuck? And I'm like, listen here, motherfucker. I will fucking tell you that there's no fucking way that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, teach their own. So Merry Christmas with that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
anyway, remember, you peace on earth. Love your fellow wondering. man. Exactly. You guys are wondering what, uh, you know, what you might want for Christmas. Maybe what you want to get your significant other. Maybe you need to head over to preppingbadass.com and check out the, uh, the gear section and see that new gear for your special someone who loves the podcast and maybe needs some new, uh, new exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying something you might want to look into. Maybe you want to support the podcast and get cool stuff like a badass coffee mug or a cool sweatshirt, cool t-shirt. I think t-shirt or mug. I don't think we have sweatshirts by going to Patreon, but if you go to Patreon, we have cool stuff. Um, I would also say you have questions, concerns, show ideas, things you want to hear about. You can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Otherwise, stay safe. Talk to you guys next week. Ooh.